I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sandspants Radio, fill your pockets with raw chicken to shock your friends. And they will be shocked. Hey, so I sort of jumped the gun with uploading the horror pictures by a week. Um, Because of that, no horror movie maintenance this week. The day that is the most close to Halloween. So, um, whoopsies. Instead, enjoy our Harry Potter month plus anothery, because Zamet is a dickhead. Kisses! Whoa, just before the show starts, I just thought I'd take this time to let you know why I sound so tired. That's because the Plumbing Boys just got back from Sydney, and boy gosh, we did it. We killed the live show and got real scared in Sydney, and now we're back home in Melbourne, and to celebrate, we are going to do a live show here in Melbourne to welcome ourselves back it will be on november 4 at the eureka hotel in richmond tickets are available if you check out the show notes below otherwise if you head to our facebook page we've got an event set up you can click attending you can buy tickets from there you can ask us questions you can hassle us it's great i'm so glad to be home sydney you were great but ibis are scary and there's lots of them and they're real big enjoy the show Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, where we are kicking off our month of Potter pictures to celebrate and anticipate the release of Fantastic Beasts, an anthology film in the Wizarding World. We're going to kick things off with Handsome Tom's Wizarding World movie pitch. Saying Handsome Tom's like that in the third person is really disconcerting. <laughs> I, just, I just... I, I really liked it. We, we, took, we <laughs> took five minutes to work out what I was going to say for the start of this episode, and I think <laughs> uh, I panicked. We'll just fucking leave it. You did a good job. No, I'm not. Potted pitch, the yeah, alliteration. I like it. I'm glad. Well, it was it was going to be hard to be like, handsome Tom's Potter Quidditch pitch. Itch. Oh, it's Quidditch. Yeah. Oh. Cool. My, my is that why Gabe's not here? Because it's sports? Yeah, it is. He was like, are we doing Harry Potter episodes? Yeah. I said, oh, mine's a Quidditch one. And he's like, oh, I'm not coming in at sports. <laughs> he's typical, oh, the sports ball and the sports hole and the points. Oh, yeah. Sports movies are a staple of cinema, though. And they're some oh, yeah. of the great. greatest movies oh, of all time. Yeah. They're the best. I watched Warrior last night for like Beautiful. the 19th time. I adore that Who film. Who did you go for? I always go for a local lad. Joel Edgerton. I was like, who the fuck is the local lad? <laughs> That's not the character's name in the film. <laughs> he's just yeah. fighting for his family. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always ready for Nick Nolte in that film. Oh, yeah. he's the real hero. <laughs> Warrior is just full of heart, and that's what sports movies are. Yeah, um, They just like hit your emotions perfectly. I recently watched Cool Runnings again. Oh, and then I watched it again Winter like Olympics the next night. Oh, the Winter Olympics is beautiful but because that, every that... sport can kill you. Well, yeah, every sport can kill you, but that particular... I'm trying to think of that particular Olympics. But that particular Olympics, you had the cool running story, yeah. and you also had Eddie the Eagle. Eagle. Eddie yeah, that's so crazy. Good. I haven't People seen that yet. To see that film. I really want to. It's beautiful. To be alive. I, I love. It's thanks Canada for delivering us the best. <laughs> most I really did. Olympics. Have you seen Eddie the Eagle? Yeah. Good. I really got to see it. Come on, man. I love because I love a good sports movie. Sports themselves, I can take or leave. That's oh, fine. That's uh, great. That's They're the best. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. How do you know? You love sports movies, but you don't get into sports. I mean, I can get into sports, but they're just, you know. 
Some some sports I'd rather don't watch make good films though. Mm. I'd rather like, watch a sports movie than a sports American game. sports seems to translate better to film. Uh, yeah. yeah. Has there ever been like a successful AFL sports film? No. There was one released a couple it's of years niche. ago. I didn't I see it. <laughs> it. Yeah. I don't think anybody saw it. But uh, yeah. American sports, especially yeah. rugby, would American work. football. Although, what's that? Uh, what's the rugby film? There's, a, there's tons of great American. Uh, Invictus. Invictus. Oh, I, I didn't mind Invictus. It's true. Yeah, um, it's all right. Soccer does well. A lot of soccer. So like American Beckham, football, mate. basketball, like Beckham. and yes, baseball. Thank you. Are you big? In my opinion, you're and big baseball sports. is so boring. I went to when I was in America recently. Yeah. I went to a baseball game for the first time. It was just like cricket. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, cricket can <laughs> be okay. Cricket has its moments. Yeah, does it though, mate? Shane Warne taking the wicket of the century yeah, at the MCG. Actually, I think I would say cricket's maybe was, more You watched it on TV. Yeah. Like, at that least it's like, I was at the game was and it was nightmare to sit through. Because at least cricket, like, you are scoring runs. Like, with baseball, what I didn't realise is that when you get to such a like, high level, you basically have to hit a home run or you get caught out. So when I went there, went to get a drink, someone hit a home run, I missed it, and then there was eight innings of just 0-0 zero, zero until the very end. That's your fault for going to get a drink, though. Don't blame. Oh, that's the American know. staple. I had to do that. I got a pretzel. Yeah, no, look, you're not had wrong. a phone finger. No. That, that is why you go to the, That's why the baseball, though, has, like, music and entertainment is because the yeah. sport can end like that. Soccer should do that because soccer is so boring and can result in a nil or draw. Every five minutes or so, they just have, like, people break dancing and, like, fireworks. No, no fireworks at the soccer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> someone's no. going to die. See, that's why I go for the best sport in the world that always, you know, rewards you. Professional wrestling. <laughs> Do you know what? You're not wrong. Yep. It, it almost plays out like it's scripted sometimes. <laughs> Has there been a good movie outside of The Wrestler? No. It's time for another one, Goose. Do you know who should There's make a, a film TV about wrestling? Show coming. Mm. Me? Well, but besides you, Goose. Okay. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, why not? Just by himself. Yeah, maybe that's not a challenge to him, though. Netflix is starting a series next year about female mm. wrestling in the 80s, starring Alison Brie. What? Hey, that's Maron. cool. So that's, that's going to be fun. Cool. Awesome. That, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's a cool angle. Is The Rock in it? No, Mark Maron's in it. If that's Yeah, but is The Rock in it? John Cena in it? And John then, Cena would be great to get in it. But the I Rock would be the best. Guys, i got to level with you. I'm not involved in the production. <laughs> oh, good. Because I'm so angry that you don't have more fucking details about this show. <laughs> Is it Netflix, though, you said? Yeah, it's going well, to be Glow. Glow. Based on the Glow promotion from the 80s. It's going to be autobiographical-ish, I think. Cool. Like my Harry Potter film. Sure. It's autobiographical-ish. <laughs> Ish. Beautiful. Because this is uh, a Quidditch pitch. Cool. And oh, also I a pitch back so much. The I word Quidditch pitch. Like yeah. uh, <laughs> so it's it's called Upstarts. <laughs> Lovely. Good. And uh, it's the inspiring true story uh, about the first appearance of the Australian Quidditch team in the 1986 Quidditch World Cup. Lovely. Now, I want to be clear that this is actual magic Australian Quidditch team and not the Drop Bears who won the, the Muggle yeah. version yeah. Rec- of recently, oh, yep. this year. Yeah. Uh, so this is... Yeah, a, tr- a true story. True story, well-researched and all Oh, that. absolutely. I did yeah. all my research and, you know... Yeah. <laughs> cool. On yep. the uprising yeah. of the team. Um, you interviewed the players and... Yeah, I interviewed the players, that. the ones yeah. that were still alive that I could, you know, get in touch with. Um, yeah. What, from 87? Yeah, a lot of them were. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them died in horrific accidents. Right? Beaters I guess don't is a very dangerous oh, No, not at the 86 World Cup. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> 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 they, were, they, they were spectators at the one in 94 where the Death Eaters come back and blow it up. Um, so I picked 86, though, because it's when it actually happened. 
Yeah. Um, but also because I needed it to be after Voldemort's dead, but before Harry Potter's really a thing. Awesome. Cool. So yeah. it falls in that nice, nice yeah. window there. That's when everyone was just having a good old break in the wizarding world. Yeah, everyone was just it's like the chilling. Boom. Those were happy times. It's like late 40s, early 50s America. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. just like lots of e- sex. E- everyone lots was of having a good time. Everyone's kind of women and minorities, but <laughs> hey. Those goddamn beatniks. <laughs> uh, make America great again for white men. Um, <laughs> so, film opens. Uh, so, yeah, upstarts. Opens. Upstarts starts. Yeah. Better. 1960 Australia. Ooh. It's like a bush and a rugged coastline, maybe like over the Great Australian Bight. Mm-hmm. And uh, a broom rockets past, followed by a flurry of other riders. And we realise that there's this like arena built out over the ocean. So half of it's on the land, half of it's on the ocean. It's pretty cool. Fantastic. And it's, it's, this, it's this exhibition game. And there's all these people cheering in the stands, people going nuts. Um, Australia doesn't get a lot of Quidditch. And it's this exhibition game, Scotland versus Wales. And the reason that they're here is because the Welsh team have the only internationally recognised Australian Quidditch player in their team, uh, Bram Vitoli, played by Hugh Jackman. Mm, okay. He's the seeker. He's this amazing, he's, he's um, like fantastic. Like, you know, Ronaldo in his day, Messi when he was playing fantastically, he's the star of the team. Has he got like a CGI face? No, no, he just looks like Hugh Jackman. Okay, all right. But Hugh Jackman, like, I know he's looking good for his age, but he's 50. Yeah, no, this is this is his his, his twilight era. Okay, of his gotcha. time. Like he's he's on his he's doing like a retirement tour. Okay, cool. So he's fanging around, and um, this there's this as he's doing all these amazing tricks. He's the seeker of the team, and he's desperately trying to find the snitch and avoid beat, uh, bludges and all that kind of stuff. There's this young boy in the crowd, just like losing his mind over how good this guy is on a broomstick. And this is six-year-old Hugo Mars. He's in raptures as Bram pulls off these extraordinary tricks, and then does this amazing backwards pirouette as he dodges between two players and catches the snitch, giving Wales the win. He goes nuts. This is his hero. Vitoli starts doing circles of the crowd, high-fiving all the Australians, you know, how are you going? Thanks for coming out and watching this game, blah, blah, blah. And he comes to six-year-old Hugo and pats him on the head and hands him his seeker glove, this, you know, limited edition yeah. one that he's got that he has a little sun and cross Star sequence embroidered oh, on it. Nice. Not Lovely. in a bogan way, in a yeah. nice, respectful way. Yep. Just to clarify, not like <laughs> Cronulla writes. Yeah. Um, so hands it to him and, you know, he's like, this is, this is yours, mate. Use it wisely. And this kid's just like, oh, my God, this is the best. And we kind of focus on the glove and then Mars is back in his bedroom with the glove on, running around the room. He's got posters of Vitaly on his wall, loves Quidditch. He's just going nuts and, you know, having a great time. And he's like, I'm going to be, you know, the posters because they talk to you because this is Harry Potter. Oh, one. great. It's like, oh, you're looking good there, mate. It's like, yeah, I know. I'm going to be as good as you are. And you just hear this voice at the back of the room. What are you doing, son? Get off your bed. Don't be stupid. We need to go out and find them yowies that broke them in the back paddock. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Milton Mars. He goes, Dad, yeah. doesn't want to borrow this quitted shit. Okay. Played by Eric Banner. All right. All right. Just come on, let's go. So he obviously hops on a broom and they go off to catch some yowies. As he goes to run it after his dad, he turns around and... And Hugh Mars says, I'm going to be exactly like you cool. to, to Hugh Jackman, Bram Vitoli. Yeah. Awesome. And then with an awesome electronic synth cue, bam, it's 1985. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, 1985. <laughs> and we see that same glove holding a broom yep. standing in a paddock. There's a big banner in the air and you can see like a radio broadcaster announcing that the Italian team before the World Cup are coming to find some players to join their team coming out here looking for talent in other countries. They've already picked up a couple of Brazilian players, and they're now in Australia 
Could it be that they will finally, after you know, 25 years of not having anyone remotely as good, they will find a the next Vitoli? Cool. And of course, there's Hugo Mars, fully grown up. Well, not fully. He's like 20 something, and he's a Hemsworth. Don't know which one. Uh, not, not the shit. Not short the one. Not, not the one. I think he's got to be the one of my kitchen rules. <laughs> it was just a guy who looked like him. Was it his cousin? Yeah, it's his cousin. Uh, no, it's not that one. Right, do you want it to be Thor or is it not Thor? Well, I think it might have to be Thor. All right, get Thor. Because the idea is it'll, get, it'll make sense in a minute. Because Chris Hemsworth is taller than Liam. Not necessarily bigger, but just taller. That's what I need. I think he's be. bigger too. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> also he can lose better. A bit of weight, but yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just got to be taller. Um, Making no bones Liam about it. Liam is the, the lesser Hemsworth. That's mean. All Maybe right. it should be Liam then. All right, Liam. It's Liam. All He's right. just got to... But can like he act though? Yeah. Have you seen him in The Dressmaker? It's already sporty. All right. Excellent. Yeah, he can plays footy in it. Yeah. I like it. It's, uh, <laughs> that was said with such confidence. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, he's in a I wasn't movie. looking. That wasn't the qualities I was looking at. Okay, yeah. All right. So at these trials, there's people zooming out all over the place and they're, they're all sort of calling out different groups. Now, Hugo's there. He's not just on his own. He's chatting with his best mate, who's also got a broom there, Cooper Healy, who at this stage is played by Jai Courtney. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you can think of someone in a Jai Courtney-type mould to play a larrikin best mate of A. Hemsworth, yeah. it became Jai Courtney because I couldn't think of anyone, and then I was channel-flicking and Divergent was on, and I was like, hey, Jai Courtney. Yeah. He's Australian. Or, you know, Worthington. Who's he in Divergent? Uh, he plays the dude with the bolts in his head, Eric. Oh. Plus, he's, he's, kind of, he's kind of a yeah. better Worthington. His you yeah. know, seminal role in Suicide Squad as the great larrikin, Captain Boomerang. Otherwise known as Tom Hardy, played by Jack Courtney. Yeah. So he's there with his best mate, Cooper Healy. Uh, you know, they're talking about their tryouts, how they've been training for ages. And they're both quite good on the broom. Yeah. Um, some of the guys in the crowd are like, oh, you guys will be great. You're the best Yowie catchers in the town. Now, that they catch Yowies because it's magical and Yowies are a fictional creature. They're not as scary as bunyips. They're like small, and apparently they only have one foot. So, so they're slow as they shit. They hop and they're, yeah. <laughs> so they're kind of just like ra- the rabbits of the magical Australian world. Cool. Uh, so they, they hunt yowies. Anyway, so they're all getting they're fired up and getting excited. So the call comes for, all right, chase the tryouts, you know, come over this way. And Cooper grabs his broom and he walks off. Uh, you know, good luck, mate. I, I fathom you. You're the best rider, you know, we've got. So off he goes. So then they're starting to call out for the secret tryouts and, and Mars picks up his broom and he walks over, despite the fact that the coach, the Italian coach kind of sees him on pass, he's like, he's too big, you know, he's too big to be a seeker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone else is like, what are you, no, no, chase the tryouts right over there. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a seeker. He's like, really, you're, you're, a bit, you're a bit big to be a seeker. It's like, no, no, I can do this, you know. That's, you know, the whole thing is like, I, I, I'm really good. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So they have the tryouts, and he is really good. Okay. He's exceptionally good, but just not good enough. He just doesn't have that little bit of extra oomph for whatever factor it is that makes a truly great seeker. He's brilliant on a broom. He can turn on a half a, an inch of a dime. Dime. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Five-cent coin. He's fantastic. But unfortunately, at the end of it, he's, he's sort of sitting down, and they're doing the, the picks. While they're, while they're sitting everyone down after all the tryouts, Marcy, he's done pretty well, but he knows he's just missed a couple of turns that weren't as polished as they could be. And while he caught the snitch that they kept sending out after him and he caught smaller and smaller objects, he just just wasn't quite with it. So they announced who's going to make the team. They announced the beaters. None of the beaters have gotten through. And we see this, this older bloke. He's probably in his 50s. He's got a beard. He looks like he's had a couple of beers before the thing started. He just loses his mind and... 
oh, this is bullshit. And he just starts smashing people with a beta club and they have to fight him off. He's like, I'm going home. And he just storms off. Uh, this may or may not be Russell Crowe. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. That, just that's in it. there for you, Carney. Thank you very much. There's no um, me not about this. So, so they're sitting there. Cooper has provisionally been offered a spot as a chaser. He performed really well. He works well on the team. They're going to do some more tryouts later, but, but he's been offered a provisional spot. But Mars, unlucky. Unfortunately, the Italian coach says, you're just not a seeker. You know, you just can't do it. And Mars argues and says, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good on a broom. I did everything right. He said, yeah, you're just not built like a seeker. And he says, yeah, but Bram Vitoli wasn't built like a seeker, you know, because Hugh Jackman's not a big, that's a little guy. He's quite a big guy. You know, he was, he was big and he was one of the best seekers that we've, that's ever played the game. And the Italian coach turns around and goes, yeah, but you're not Bram Vitoli. And Mars is like, oh, fuck, that hurt. That guy was one in a million and you're just like everybody else. Oh, go back home. So he comes back home. He's pretty dejected. And as he gets home, his mum's like, oh, how are the tryouts? I don't know his mum. It's probably Jackie Weaver. Cool. Um, <laughs> sure. Or probably, actually, no, probably has to be a little bit younger because... Nicole Kidman. Playing a... Nah, Rachel Griffiths. Yeah, yep. sure. Because right. yep. playing opposite Eric Banner. Jackie right. Weaver's probably a bit too old to play opposite Eric Banner, I think. No disrespect to Jackie Weaver. She's sensational, but just in this instance. Anyway, gets home. He's like, oh, no, I didn't make like his dad older. Samuel. No, it's got to be Eric Banner. All right, fine. Okay. Okay. It's Eric Banner. That's <laughs> got to be a bit younger too because you've got to see him when he's, you know, about the right age for it. Because cool. Eric Banner's at, what, 50 or so? Not sure. 40 or 50. 50 Sounds like 24. Cool. Works cool. out all right. Gets home, he's like, no, I didn't make the team. And he's like, yeah, that's what you get for wasting your time playing that stupid sport. <laughs> you're not going to do anything. You're garbage. You're shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that. He's not that mean. He's just like... <laughs> he sounds pretty fucking mean. He's, he's basically like, look, you, you work on this farm, you use your broom for farming, you stop the owies from stealing our, our magic sheep, and that's, that's what you do. You're not anything. Mars, the Mars family own a pub and we farm. That's what we do. You don't do anything else. Forget all this crap about Quidditch. You're just not going to do it. Yeah. So he's pretty upset. So Cooper comes around, they have a bit of a drink, and... And Cooper's kind of not sure how to play this because he's been made you know, part of the provisional team. And he goes like, no, that's really great. And Cooper's like, yeah, but I don't know if I want to do it. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, this is crazy. You know, why would you, why would you not want to be a part of this? And Cooper's like, yeah, but I don't want to do it if I'm, I don't get to play Quidditch with you. The only reason I like playing Quidditch is because I like playing with you. You're, you're my best mate. And some of those Italian guys are kind of pricks. And, he goes, and, I, and I'm not that quick. And they're all really quick. I, I just don't think I'll go back to the provisional training, you know. It would just be better if we, instead of having to go play for an Italian team, if, if we had our own team. And he goes like, mm. what? Oh, you know, not that that's going to happen. We, we don't have our own team, but, like, it'd be great to have, have our own team. And he goes like, yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be not a bad idea. So he goes up into his room and he's like, oh, I haven't think about it. This could be good. And he realises that that's what we're going to do. So... In order to create a Quidditch World Cup team, yep. you need a team, yep. one. Uh-huh. Uh, two, you need to register and get support of the local government. And three, you need to qualify to make it mm. into the World Cup by playing at least one international, winning one at least internationally ranked qualifying game. Okay, sure. They're the criteria. So Hugo and Cooper are like, we'll start our own team. There's enough local guys here who missed out on making the Italian team. We could build a, a World Cup team ourselves. Milton Mars, filthy. If you're going to be going out and wasting all your time creating a, you know, a, a Quidditch team, then you're not staying under my roof. Get out. So there's this big altercation and 
Hugo leaves his house and goes and stays at Cooper's with nothing but the broom. He's a couple of his belongings and the glove, the seeker glove. Yeah. Is his mum, um, Rachel Griffiths, is she supportive? She is, yeah. but think Eddie the Eagle, kind of the mum's supportive, but kind of is like, I don't really know how to play this. Like, yeah, But the mum does that thing where she takes all their savings and gives them to Eddie, doesn't she? Yeah, I thought he takes true. them. No, no, no. no she gives them actually give them? Okay. okay, no, not that supportive. She's supportive, <laughs> but in a, in a bit of more of a... Eddie's mum's the best. Rational? Yeah. You'd be like Eddie's mum so much, why don't you marry her? I would marry her. She's, she's like, she's best. like, she's so irrational though. She just hands the money away. <laughs> <laughs> she's crazy. So Rachel, Rachel Griffiths, <laughs> Mrs. Mars is a bit more rational. She's okay. like, oh, yeah. you know, your dad will calm down in a minute. Yeah. Go stay at Cooper's place until he's relaxed a bit. Yeah. But is her, you know. is her approach more like, does she like want her son, you got to find your own way in the world? Sort of yeah, thing. I think or, so. Or she's like, if, if this is what you really want to do, yeah. then I'm going to support you to do it. Good. I'll worry about him. You know, you don't worry about him. Go stay at Cooper's. You go tell those bastards down at City Hall that you want to you want to start a Quidditch team. Nice. That's yep. So they realise that they've got to petition the the World Cup committee, which they do, and they get a response, and it's you know a, like a a good howler. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're wanting to join the Quidditch team? Yes, we can we can do that. Probably you know Michael Sheen, um, and you just got to get the approval of the local rep. Now the local minister for for Australian rec- magical recreation is a prick. His name is August Sneed. He's played by Guy Pearce. <laughs> and he's just this asshole politician who just doesn't like this whole larrikin-y country guys wanting to start a Quidditch team. Like, it's just nice. Is he we're from not, we're Sydney? Not... Yeah, he probably. Yeah. He, lives in, he lives with Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah. <laughs> Mal- Mal- Malcolm Turnbull's still at uni and, like, working everyone wants to do it. Well, doesn't realise he's living with a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically... Registrations are closing really soon. There's not a lot of games left. They've got no funding or faith. Like he's not going to give them any any help. He's saying basically, right, get your team together. I'm going to come down in two days. Watch your training. If I think you're up to scratch, we'll let you compete. But if you're not if you're not good, you're not bad luck. You're not doing it. So like, yeah, no, we, you know, we've got a team. This is what Hugo says, and Cooper's like, we don't have a team. We have you and me. He's like, no, we've got a, we've got a great team. Yeah, we'll be we'll be great. We've got a coach as well. Oh, you've got a a, a Quidditch. Accredited coach. Yeah, 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 we do. We definitely do. It was like, we don't even have any kind of coach. Like, shut up. It's like, no, no, we've got this covered. So he's like, all right, I'll see you in two days. See you, you know, this will be fine. And then we go into the great uh, tryout slash training montage, recruiting montage. So the first person they recruit is they, they, they basically get their friends. So they have three chasers and a seeker. So Mars is going to be the seeker. Cooper will be one of the chasers. They get another one of their mates, Brian, from down the road. Um, and Cooper's next-door neighbour, a girl named Lexi Billings. They've got their, they've got their team. They're all good to go. Um, don't know who's going to play Lexi. Someone will play her. Okay. Suggest someone, please. Well, age? Yeah. yeah. Age. So same age as, as those guys. So in their sort of 20s. Get uh, Mio, what's her name? What's her Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, she's done. Cool. That's her. So yeah. she's Lexi. So they're like, all right, now we need two beaters and we need a keeper. Um, and so Mars is like, right, we're gonna, we'll, remember that bloke the other day who missed it on the Italian team who was filthy? He's like, yeah, well, he lives up the road. We'll ask him. <laughs> it's like, hang on. You want to go to Broughton Keys' place and ask him to play in our Quidditch team? Yeah. So, yeah, you're an idiot. You're doing that on your own. I'll get the, um, the I'll, I'll see if I can find us a paddock to train in. All right. Cause we've got to have a ground that we can use to train in. You go convince Broughton Keys. So Mars goes up, knocks on the door, dun, 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 dun. door opens and it's not Broughton Keys, but he's, Daughter Melanie. 
Yep. It's probably Margot Robbie. She's in everything. So <laughs> we're in this. And she's standing there. She's like, what do you want? It's like, oh, um, is your dad home? She's like, you actually want to talk to my dad? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Dad, Hugo Mars is here. I think he wants you to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And Bro- Broughton Cage comes to the door and he's this big, beer-gutted, just Russell Crowe from The Nice Guys. Oh, great. What do you want? Um, you were at the uh, tryouts yesterday? Yes. <laughs> um, well, we were, we were thinking of starting our own team. Of what? <laughs> uh, Quidditch team. We're going to start our own Quidditch team to go to the World Cup and we need some beaters and just wondering if you would want to play for us. And this door shuts. It's like, oh, fuck. And the door opens again and he's got a broom and he's batting his hand. He's yes. like, yeah, let's go. Right. But just, and starts walking. He's like, oh, um, and do you know what else? Like, do you have any other guys, any of the other guys who are at the Italian tribes who can, who are good beaters? He's like, nah, they're all pieces of shit. Like, well, any of them good? And Broughton turns around and goes, oh, she's all right. And there's Melanie standing with another bat and another broom in yeah. her hand. She's like, let's go. And off she walks and Mars is like, all right, so we got two beaters? Yeah. Shit. And he's kind of watching Margot Robbie go, and Broughton goes, if you're looking at her ass, I'm going to thump you in the back of the head. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, good. Off they go. <laughs> um, so now they've got beaters. They just need a keeper. So he goes down, and he meets uh, the rest of the team who have got this paddock that they're going to use. Now, the paddock belongs to this bloke. And Cooper's idea was that if they got the paddock, they might be able to get the guy to come with them and play as a keeper. But he's kind of a little bit insane. So they're a little bit nervous about how they're going to convince him. So they go down to this paddock that is kind of full of weird, like, potholes, explosions, and weird, magicalised versions of muggle objects. Highly illegal shit that this guy just should not own. But he's got it anyway. Uh, And it's basically the paddock and home of uh, Solomon Strange, the only New Zealander (laughs) who lives in the town, played by uh, the greatest Kiwi director slash actor of all time <laughs> in Mr. Watiti, who is directing Thor. I was thinking yeah. of uh, Reese Darby. Yeah. Of the <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Exactly that, but take his director. True. This will make sense in a minute because now is it, how do you say his first name? Is it Taika? Yeah, I think it's Yeah, Taika. it's Taika. Taika Watiti? Yeah. I was listening to an interview with Sam Neill last night and he said his name, so I just repeated it to myself like six <laughs> times. Taika, 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 Taika. All right, so Solomon Strange, played by, played by Taika Watiti with... Just the usual level of eccentrism. Yep. Yep. And his, his deal is that if you want to train in my field, then, yeah, all right, I'll play for you. It's like, yeah, but I'm not an Australian team member. Like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm a New Zealand mercenary <laughs> <laughs> playing for your team. Okay, sure, yeah. So if we're wearing team colours, I'm not wearing green and gold. <laughs> I want you to wear. I'm wearing black and silver. Okay. I'm a mercenary, and you'll refer to me as such. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they now have their team with a mercenary yeah. keeper. Yeah. Now, the last thing they need is a coach. And so it's the night of the last day. They've been having a bit of a hit out. It goes okay. And Cooper's like, we, we still need the accredited coach. Like, it doesn't matter we've got the team. We still need that coach. And Sneed's coming down tomorrow to check us out. And if we're Bupkers, we, we, we don't have a second shot at this. He's like, yeah, we've got an accredited coach. And Cooper's really confused for a second. He's like... Yeah, over there. And he points to this house behind the pub that just looks like it's been hit by a truck. And Cooper's like, you're not fucking serious. Like, no. It's like, yeah, what, what, what harm could it be in asking him? He's like, this is dumber than going to Broughton Keyes' house and inviting him and his hot daughter that we're not looking at <laughs> at all, <laughs> pretending she doesn't exist. It's dumber than that. 
he's an alcoholic and he's an asshole. Also, he's a cheat. It's like, hey, that, we don't know that. So he goes around and he knocks on the door and he's like, bang, 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 nothing. Bang, bang, bang. Hello, is anyone in there? Just to, you see this Irish voice from inside. Piss off. It's like, we just wanted to talk quickly to you if we could. And sort of bumbling noises. And the door just opens like this much. And you just see like a corner of Chris O'Dowd's face peering out from his house. It's like, what do you want? <laughs> um, I'm Hugo Mars. Mm. And um, we were just wondering, we're starting a Quidditch team and we would love to have someone with your experience to come and tour us. He goes, I don't do that anymore. It's like, yeah, but like you could, you could do it for us. You know, that'd be, that'd be, you know, something we could potentially get you on board. You are a coach. You have coached before. It's like, yeah, no, I don't do that anymore. Go away. And just slams the door in his face. So he tries a couple of times. Please come out. You know, you were one of the best coaches of your day 10 years ago. Now you're sitting in here doing nothing. You could, it wouldn't take much time and, Blah, blah, blah. And then he starts getting angry because the guy's just not talking to him. So he insults him. He's like, oh, you're a washed up hack. And the door just blasts <laughs> off the house. And there's this like bedraggled looking wizard holding him on. He's like, what'd you call me? It's like, oh, did you call me a cheat? He's like, no, I called you a washed up hack. He's like, oh, so they called me a cheat for a second there. I'm not a cheat. He's like, I didn't cheat. It was a stitch up job, blah, 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 whatever. And fuck you, I'm not coaching on your Quidditch team. And he just like, Blasts him back out of his property and slams the door. So Mars is like, "All right, we don't have a coach, but that's okay. We'll just uh, we'll just work on. We'll worry about that tomorrow." So the the training day comes and it's just a fucking disaster. As soon as Sneed walks up, none of them are communicating with one another. Yeah. Broughton's just yelling at like Solomon most of the time. Solomon refuses to do anything that <laughs> any of the Australian players tell him to do. Mars is doing a pretty good job of occasionally rallying people together, showing he has good leadership skills. But he's so busy trying to direct the others that he just can't pay attention to trying to find the snitch in the training drill. And Sneed's just standing there thoroughly unimpressed. Uh, the whole thing spirals out of control and culminates when Brian, one of the other chasers, hits on uh, Melanie Keys, mm. and Broughton just smashes the bludger into his face. His broom obliterates when it hits the ground <laughs> and then down a player. And Sneed's like, no, first of all, you're missing a player, you're disorganised, and you don't have a coach, absolutely not, bad luck, and just storms away. And the rest of the team, are, they're pretty shattered by this. Yeah. And then Mars notices that there's this, like, wizard watching them from, like, in the distance. And as soon as they make contact, the ghost turns around and walks up, and Mars is like, all oh, right, you bastard. Jumps off his broom and chases after him. Doesn't he chase him on his broom? He jumps off the broom and walks <laughs> after him, I said. Mate, don't say jumps on. He gets off the broom. Yeah, anyway. Why wouldn't he just ride the broom over to him? Nah, because I want him to run after him. Okay. That's a fair foot race. Um, and it's, it's Chris O'Dowd who plays disgraced former Irish World Cup coach, yep. Racket O'Garrett. It's <laughs> a good name. Thanks. Corker of a name. <laughs> I, I really had fun with the names because yeah. Harry Potter names are like fucked. Yeah. 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 So that's why the main guy's her name's Mars. So. Yeah. And chases after him. He kind of tracks him down and he's like, why did you come and watch us today? He's like, oh, just curious. You're terrible. <laughs> You're the worst team I've ever seen. Um, and Mars is like, that's not fair. We're, we've got, we, we had, a, he's like, you know, you don't even have a full team. He's like, hey, we had a full team before we started. He's like, no, you didn't. You've got four chasers and no fucking seeker. <laughs> <laughs> and he, Mars is like, hang on. I'm the seeker of the team. He's like, no, you're not. The, you're the captain. You can't, you, you're a great captain. Okay. I don't want to be saying this, but you're a great captain. But there's no way that you can 
like captain and seek at the same time because you just don't have the brain for it. You're an excellent captain, so you should be the chaser. It's like, well, who who's gonna who's gonna be a seeker then in our team? It's like, no, I'm not fucking buying into that. So he's kind of hooked racket into arguing yeah. about how he would structure the team mm. up. You know, you've got to yeah. get Broughton doing this and he'll protect his daughter, so if you use his daughter as bait and Solomon <laughs> won't do anything unless you tell him it's for New Zealand, so you just got to get Solomon on side and, oh, you fucking bastard, I know what you're doing, I'm not coaching your fucking team. And he starts walking away again. He's like, fine, he's like, no, no, who's the seeker? Who, who's the seeker? You know, where, where would he find another seeker? I was the only seeker that tried out for the tri- Italian triads by one other guy who was terrible. He's like, oh, oh, you're the only seeker... I've been living in this town for six years and I've seen better seeker skills and you just, you're just blind to it all. It's like, oh, where are they? Come on, tell me where they are. And before he can say anything else, Racket just grabs him and they apparate. Yep. Bang, they appear cool. like just on this mountain looking down into a, a field. And Yaz's like, fuck, can you tell me when you're going to do that? And Racket's like, there are the best seekers in Australia. And they point down and there's this whole group of indigenous kids racing around on brooms just chasing Yowies and being smart asses. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, look at them. They, they're light. They're fast. They've got the brain for it. It's not about how good you are with the broom and all any of that shit. It's there's something extra that you have to have. Fatoli had it. Unfortunately, you don't have that extra bit. Those kids have that extra bit. And so Mars was like, oh, well, what do I have to do to get you to coach the team? Like, if I get a seeker, if I get us a seeker from down there, will you coach the team? And Racket's like, if you can convince one of those boys to come and play on your team as a seeker and you're willing to give up on your lifelong dream of bringing Bram Vitoli, then, yeah, I'll consider coaching your team. So, basically, Mars sacrifices his lifelong dream since he was a six-year-old of being yeah. this seeker to convince Racker to join the team. Um, so he walks down and he just calls out to a group of kids and he recognises one of the kids just from in town. There might be some at the general crowd scene shots, you might see some of these other kids around. Yeah. And it's this kid called Whippet. That's him. Whippet Wylong is his actual full name. <laughs> I like that. It's a good name. It is. Uh, so Whippet's down there and he's like, hey, there's some watch, watch this kid on the broom. And this kid is easily the best out of all the kids down there. Like he's doing ridiculous things, like turning himself inside out, stopping suddenly and changing direction. Like he's got this extra thing, you know. So just as a test he throws a rock at him and this kid catches the rock, like just bang without even slowing down once and comes to a stop. It's like, what do you want? It's like, you're, you're, you're whippet, aren't you? He's like, yeah, you're, you're Milton Mars's kid. Your dad's an asshole. You know that? Like, yeah. I come up with this running gag where most people, when they meet Hugo Mars, are like, oh, you're Milton Mars's kid. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad's an asshole. <laughs> Good. Something like that. So he's like, you know, your dad's an asshole. What do you want? It's like, oh, but you might help us start in a Quidditch team. He's like, yeah, I heard about that. And so compared to all the brooms that they've got, this guy's just got like a broom that's literally just a branch that he's they've charmed to fly around on. <laughs> cool. And he's like, what What do you want? Like he's in like footy shorts, a single, no shoes, and he's like, I want to know if you want to come and play for our team. So like, hang on. You want me to come and play on your team? Why? I said, well, because you're really good. We want you to be the seeker. He's like, well, I, I'm not sure. I've, I don't want to be a seeker. I've never been a seeker before. This sounds like a lot of responsibility. This is too much for me. He's like, can you just like give a big thumbs up so the guy up on the mountain <laughs> thinks you're in? Yeah. It's like, okay. So he does it and Racket's like, oh, fuck it. No. <laughs> anyway, he convinces Whippet to join the team. Just just give it a try. And if you don't like it, you can you can back out. All right. So they go along to training the next day. 
and they're all rallied back together, and, and Mars announces that they've got a different strategy this time. This is Whippet Wylong, and he's going to be the seeker, and everyone's like, all right, that's a bit strange. Um, and this is our coach, Racket O'Garrett, and Racket's like standing there just like drinking because like, he's an alcoholic. And he's like, hmm. And Broughton's like, you know he's a cheat, right? <laughs> yes, I know he's. Well, he, he doesn't think he's a cheat. Don't don't say that too loud. It's like, so what? We're a group of idiots founded by two bush kids. We've got some random kid from out in the bush playing as our seeker. I'm 20 years too old to be playing this sport. Our keeper's a Kiwi and our coach is a washed-up Irish guy who was banned for the sport for three years for bringing the game into disrepute. It's just science. And he goes like, yep, that's our team. And Broughton's like, yeah, I can fucking go with that. You know, that's <laughs> So Sneed comes out, sees this. They've actually ticked all the boxes. They've gone over his head and they've just gone straight to the Quidditch World Cup Council directly and they've gone, yep, you're in, providing you pass an international game, to which Racket O'Garrett announces that they've got one left, it's in two days and it's in South Africa and they have to win it. And it's like, let's go, game on. (laughs) Shit. So I've basically broken the film up into four games that are the key games of their 86 campaign. So the first one is the qualifier versus South Africa. They arrive and they're in a hodgepodge of uniforms. Most of the chasers have worn like similar kind of yellow, green and gold polo shirts and Melanie's worn a green and gold polo shirt. Broughton Keys is wearing a rugby jersey. <laughs> like Rabbitohs? Yeah, it's like really faded, like it's really old. Um, and true to his word, Solomon Strange is decked out in all black. Right. <laughs> um, and they're getting ready. And so... Racket's kind of half pissed, but he's trying to explain to them how they need to beat the South Africans. And the South Africans who are coached probably by Chateau Copley. Great. Just aren't really interested. And they're, you know, like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. These guys are nobody. This is going to be so funny. You know, what's your team name? It's like, oh, we, oh we're, we're just Australia. Yeah, but you need a name. Like, these guys are the South African, you know, gazelles or something. <laughs> Don't know what their team name. Maybe they're the gargoyles. What, what are you guys? Can't be the yowies. Why? Because they're a shit animal. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to work out where they're going to be. So it seems really nervous, but but Mars is kind of rallying him together, and he's he he's a good captain. Like he's right words gets them kind of motivated. It's like no, there's no reason why we can't win this. You know, we're we're going to give it our best crap. We've got nothing to lose, and, and just go out there and, and just be you guys. You know, this would be great. And just before he goes, Whippet's standing there, and he's he's in his uniform, and it kind of doesn't fit him. He's still not wearing shoes. He doesn't have a glove on, and so Mars gives him Brambertoli's glove. It's oh. like you're the seeker now. You wear this, and. He puts it on, he's like, oh, this feels fucking weird, I don't like it, but I've got to wear it because the captain's told me to wear it, but all right, I'll put it on. The whole time when they're going out there, they're um, they're basically getting, as they walk out, it's, you know, the South African team, yeah, big, because it's in South Africa, big round of applause. First is Australia, and it's just kind of not booze, just silence and confusion. Like, yeah. <laughs> who are these people? And they're, like, walking out there, and, like, it's almost a beat where, like, as they walk out there, like, they're looking a little bit nervous, so that Whippet goes to turn around and someone has to turn him back around and keep walking out <laughs> on the ground and Racket's like, oh, this is, this is going to be terrible. Well, this is going to be... His, his motivation a bit for the start of the game is like, don't fuck up too badly. You're all shit. And then just sits down and starts drinking. Um, as they're getting ready for the game, they can't find Solomon. Like, they're all taking their positions. Mars is doing his final delivery and they turn around and the entire South African team is standing there while Solomon does a haka on his own. <laughs> just on him and they're like, what is he doing? Come on, you're on the team. He's like, I'm a mercenary. <laughs> Doing the full hacker stuff. Anyway, game starts and it's a shambles. They're getting annihilated by South Africa. They, they're just not coherent. The skills that held them together when they were training and, and the things they were doing okay, just 
just aren't working. They're just not melding together. And Racket's just sitting there just like, this is terrible. Whippet just looks completely out of his depth. He's got the natural ability, but just doesn't know what he's doing. There's shit flying around everywhere. Broaden has decided it's more important, rather than protecting his own players, to just try and beat the shit out of anyone who comes near him, including fans who are booing him. (laughs) Like, it's just a disaster. And so, you know, Racket's like doing that spell that makes your voice really loud. Yeah. And just like... You're off site. <laughs> what are you doing? Cover him. Oh, God. Like, it's just, they're not, it's just not working. And, and South Africa are scoring and scoring heavily. So Mars realizes that no one's going to kind of lift unless, unless they do something. So he grabs Cooper and he's like, right, this is just like getting that yowie out of that back paddock. Let's go. We'll get, get him on both sides and do this. So they do a maneuver that they used to do as kids tracking down yowies in the back paddock. And they managed to steal the quaffle off this guy and get a goal. It's the first goal. Yeah. And the team's kind of like, that was good. And then the momentum starts to shift a little bit and they start scoring a little bit better. Solomon actually gets his shit together and starts deflecting a couple of goals. The keys, father-daughter combo starts to work a bit better. Lexi and Cooper get into the game a bit more and it just starts to take a little bit, take a bit more shape. To the end, they get within basically a required amount of points that if they caught the snitch now, they'd win. 150. 150 points. They're not going to win any other way. They have to catch the snitch. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Anyway, just as the game's starting to go along, it appears Whippet hasn't seen it yet, but Mars has, and he's trying to work out like a way to communicate it to this kid without the other crowd noticing when a really drunk racket notices the stitch as well and just goes, It's behind you! <laughs> and everyone in the team just goes, oh, Shit. So then the South African seeker comes barreling past Whippet, and Whippet's like, Crap, I'm about half a jump behind him. Am I going to get there? And basically, he's on the outside of this guy. And then just through sheer, brilliant, can't-teach-amazing stunts, manages to pass his broom underneath the South African guy while he jumps over it, (laughs) gets on the inside of him, and then goes to catch the snitch. But he just can't get his grip to it with the glove. So he stops hands and catches it gloveless. And the crowd goes nuts. Oh, my God, Australia have won. They've qualified for the World Cup. This is stupid. This is amazing. And and the Aussies are through and everyone's like kind of not sure what to do and they're cheering, going nuts, and a journalist runs over and, well, well you guys were sensational. What was that about? Before Mars could do anything, Solomon grabs the microphone and goes, yeah, we're the boomerangs. We're always going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how their team oh. name comes. <laughs> that is so good. So happy. Um, so... They're celebrating it afterwards and even Racket's kind of a little bit on board and, yeah, this is kind of good. And, and Whippet comes up to Mars and goes, oh, I, I reckon you're just going to have to get someone else. I didn't like it. And Mars is like, you, you caught the glove. Like, you were amazing. And he's like, but no, I didn't use the glove. Like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't see the snitch until the coach told me. Like, it just isn't for me. I can't with this stupid glove either. You know, so Mars is like, oh, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I get it, you know. Do you know whose glove that is? He's like, no. He's like, do you know who Bram Vitoli is? He's like, nah. <laughs> it's Bram Vitoli. He's like, all right, well, 
he is like the second best player that's ever played Quidditch for Australia. Like amazing, like sensational. And he's like, when he used to wear the glove, that, that's, that was his thing. <clears throat> and he's like, a guy wants to, I wanted to be like him for ages, and a guy wants to tell me that I can't be Bran Vitoli. So you shouldn't be Bran Vitoli either. You should be Whippet Wylong. And if Whippet Wylong catches snitch, snitches without gloves, well, it's pretty hard to do. And I think that makes him possibly one of the best seekers in Australia. And Whippet's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so he convinces him to stay, but abandons the glove. Okay. Because he's got to play how he wants to play. They go to the World Cup. It's being held in Denmark. Kind of this montage, but they're outsiders. They're getting laughed at. Uh, they've at least got matching uniforms now. Um, all the press conferences, though, they go to, they never get an opportunity to talk about how excited they are to be here because every single question is just directed at the coach. Okay. How's it feel coming back after being, you know, banned for yeah. three years and running off into exile? And, you know, what, what happened that day? That da, 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 da. Tell us the truth. Is it true that the Russians were involved? What, what's it feel like to, you know, did you really charm the snitch in the 19, whatever qualify? It's like, you know, and they just can't do anything right. Anyway. Do a bit of training. Things are looking okay. They look at their pool. They'll be playing Italy, Japan, and Belarus. And we're not going to focus on all the games in their little pool to get through. The only important one is their first World Cup game, which will be against Italy. Um, they have their uniforms, so they're all now wearing matching polos, green and gold, except Solomon Strange, who is in the all-black uniform. However, he is wearing a green and gold headband. So this is, this, cool. is a bit, this is just shows that my allegiance is with you temporarily because I can take it off at any time. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of shit. We carry to their first game. We meet the commentators. Uh, there's two. It's not Ludo Bagman. Uh, mm-hmm. Bowler and Sticks are the commentators. <laughs> Played by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yes. Who oh, it's like, you know, it's great. a lovely day out here today, isn't it, Bowler? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic for Quidditch, you know, in Denmark, <laughs> making jokes and those soccer commentary anecdote kind of stuff. So they get there and it's the real deal. They've got to play Italy. So Racket kind of sobers up a bit to be like, right, this is your first game. You can't get away with the shit you pulled last time. You, we need an actual strategy. He goes, okay. Secret to the Italians is they have these two guys, the Bagini brothers, who are the best beaters in the world. Italy play a game where they do not care about anything else for the whole game unless they're annihilating the crap out of your seeker. Because if you don't have a seeker, your chances of winning reduce dramatically. So at all costs, they're going to go after Whippet. And Whippet's like, wait, what? They're going <laughs> to me? And so Mars is like, right, so what do we do? He's like, well, they're not going to try to score heavily. Because the Italian game isn't based on scoring. The Italian game is based on taking out your seeker and then catching the snitch themselves. So don't try to score them. You won't be able to. Play defensive. And he points to the two keysers and he says, you guys, just flank whip it. Do not let anything come near him. Game starts. So the strategy is working. They're protecting whip it at all costs. The the Italians are are super aggressive and, and just keep hammering it at him. Meanwhile, the rest of the team are playing fairly aggressively, uh, defensively, not, not scoring, but not letting opposition score. Um, now, the Bajini brothers work out, and the captain of the Italian team and the coach work out pretty quickly that they're just not going to be able to get to whip it. So they're like, all right, we'll just start taking out every other member of the team. So they start going after the chasers. Um, and they just smash Healy out of the sky. So Cooper, Jai Courtney is flying, tumbling down. His broom's obliterated. His arm's broken. He's gone. So now they're two chasers down. And... You know, the, Broughton's getting really angry and he's trying to come over and defend them. And Master's like, no, don't, because as soon as you come away from Whippet, the game's over. You've got to stay tight to him. But anyway, now with two chasers down, the other chasers in the Italian team are starting to score more heavily. And then, you know, we get a great moment where, for whatever reason, just because one of the guys goes down, Solomon Strange just, like, goes into beast mode. <laughs> and he just gets, like, more eccentric and more, more insane. He's, like, smacking away, like... 
ridiculous deflection. Think Ron Weasley in uh, when he has <laughs> thinks he's taking the liquid luck. Yeah. Yeah. Just starts tapping stuff away. Um, and I want a kind of a, um, a Montoya moment from Princess Bride. So as he's smacking away, everybody's he's like, my name is Solomon Burke. <laughs> Strange. My mum is from Queenstown. My dad is from Queensland. <laughs> anyway, he's like, you fucked with the wrong mercenary. Smack. Um, and it's, it's, he's, he's doing pretty well, but they're just, they're just not going as well as they can. So all of a sudden the Bajini brothers start going for, for um, Lexi, yep. like just annihilating her. And Braun's just getting angry again because he's like, I can't do anything, and he just bails on Whippet. Right to try to deflect their chaser, at which point the other brother goes, great, well, that guy's free. Bang, just like beautiful plum shot straight at Whippet's head. Yeah. And he goes like, oh, fuck, I'm, oh, this is going to hurt so much. And so Hugo pulls into a nosedive and puts himself between the bludger and oh. Whippet. Bang, takes himself out of the game. But this is, this is real bad. We're in, we're in real trouble. But just as Mars has been hit and taken out, Whippet spots the snitch. So he's like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have to get the snitch before Broughton. Meanwhile, is busy doing stupid shit over here, so he's really <laughs> only got um, Melanie defending him. So he's like rocketing down after it. Lexi comes in, does another. <laughs> Hari Krishna gets, you know, <laughs> Harikiri gets taken out by a bludger, and at the last second, basically two bludgers come swinging at him, and he just like breaks suddenly and drops the broom backwards like a clock hand. I don't know how to do this visual <laughs> metaphor in an audio format, yeah. but like I mentioned a clock hand, it ticks over. He yeah. like brings the broom up vertical and then just like drops it down so the okay. bludgers miss him and he falls down a little with the snitch and just grabs it and they win. Hey, Beat hey. the Italians. Yay! <laughs> they won their first game. <laughs> Through following a strategy and teamwork, they got there cool. eventually. But... Racket still isn't happy because the instructions were stay on Whippet and you fucked off and started doing your own thing. You've got to work better as a team. Basically, going to montage the other two games. They win both of them. It's not very exciting. Uh, but they're now through to the finals and their semi-final opponent is Ireland. Racket O'Garrett's former oh. team, coached by his bitter rival, Murphy, who is played by Littlefinger. <laughs> <laughs> because I was trying to think of Irish actors yeah. and they're already in Lord of the Rings. He does have an Irish accent. Mm. 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 Already in Harry Potter? <laughs> nah, well, no. a lot of them are. I was like, oh, Brendan Gl- oh, he's already in Harry Potter. <laughs> I think he said Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Did I say Lord of the Rings? Yeah, you said yeah. Lord of the Rings. Oh, man, I'm yeah. not doing well. <laughs> oh, my brain. I was more Kiwis in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, Taco with teeth. The mood's really tense when they find they're playing Ireland, but they reckon they can do it because the other wins have been good and they're, they're starting to bond better as a team. He'd have a moment where maybe like Strange and Broughton are doing something together. Romantic subplot between Mars and... Um, Melanie Keys, which is going to happen. Sorry, guys, it's got to yeah. be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's like, you know, as if your dad, my dad, finds out you're here, he will kill you. I'm the captain of the team. He'll kill you twice. <laughs> anyway, the night before the game, everyone's a little bit tense and woke up. They just can't find Racket. Like he's just disappeared. Anyway, so they're like, we're going to bed early because we've got a big game tomorrow. So Mars is asleep, and Racket just comes into his room, and he is fuck-eyed. Like he is blind. It's like, what? What are you doing? He's like. We can't, we have to beat them tomorrow, we have to win. It's like, yeah, I know, we don't go to the finals. It's like, no, we have to beat Ireland because I hate them and they ruined, they ruined me. I'm ruined because of Ireland. It's like, what happened? Like, did you, because all the stories are that you charmed a quaffle so that it would only work for one player or that you you changed the snitches over, you gave the team liquid luck. Like, what, what actually did you do? It's like, I was a bad coach. 
It's like, what is that? I just coached badly on purpose. I told the guys to do a different strategy. I threw the match. Like it wasn't even, he goes, it wasn't magic. It wasn't any kind of spell. I didn't do anything other than just, I was a bad coach. And I threw the game because some Russians wanted the USA to beat Ireland so that they could play America in the final and prove that the Soviet Republic was a better wizarding community. It's like, I was like, do you get paid? A footnote, we guess, and I didn't mean to end up getting paid for what? it because then the fucking Soviet idiots used liquid luck in the next game and got banned from the competition. So I did all of that for no money. I got kicked out. He says, I let my whole country down. And I hate everybody. So, yeah, he's like, mm, why did you, you know, so we've got to beat him tomorrow. And as he's getting up to leave, Mars is like, why did you come back and coach us? Like, you clearly hate the sport. You hate everyone here. You, you're, you're drunk all the time. But I think because he's drunk, he might be honest this time, drunker than normal. It's like, yeah. you know, why did you come back? It's like, I, you know, I came back because I had to remind myself that at one point I, I was a good coach before I was a bad coach. And Mars is like, we'll beat him tomorrow. And then he's like, good. And just collapses <laughs> in the doorway. <laughs> Semi-final against Ireland. As soon as they walk out, the Irish crowd just start booing them. They're not booing the Aussies, though. They're booing Rackett O'Garrett, the man who brought shame on Ireland, Quidditch, Irish Quidditch forever. The captain of the Irish team and the coach of the Irish team won't shake hands with any of the Australians. They just refuse to because they've got this cheat. And everyone's yelling out things like, oh, you're cheating, in Irish accents. <laughs> um, it's really bad. And the match starts. Now, before the match has started, Rackett's going, okay, this is going to be a really interesting match. <laughs> because they hate us, but the Irish changed their strategy after I left and they do a really, really different strategy than anything they've ever done. And I've kind of stolen something from book four when they have the Critics World Cup match because it's only a couple of years later. Yeah. And it's this tactic called the Pride of Ireland where basically their Irish seeker doesn't try to find the snitch. The Irish seeker just tries to play as an extra defensive player blocking the other chasers from doing stuff to just allow the Irish to score as heavily and as much as possible to make the snitch irrelevant, mm -hmm. which is exactly what they do in the World Cup match in book four, where the Irish still win even though Victor Crumb catches, catches the snitch because their yeah. score is so high. So I thought, I'll play on actual history. This is their strategy. They just score as highly as possible. So Racket's like, so it doesn't matter what else happens. You've just got to get the snitch as fast as possible because you're not going to outscore them. Yep. Because they're really good. They're a really good team. It's what they've done to every single team in their pool. Like, they didn't catch the snitch in one of their games, and they won by, like, 300 points and 200 points. Like, they're, they're that good. So it starts. Now, it's kind of, kind of murky because the players start to panic because the Irish start to score, and this extra seeker's just in their way all the time. And everyone's starting to get a little bit nervous, and, and it's starting to get a little bit disharmonious because they're not listening to Racket and they're not listening to Mars because they're, they're like, we've just got to get quick, no, quick, you know, and they're, and they're instructing Whippet on what to do and telling him, oh, look over there, look over there, and, and Whippet's getting stressed out because oh, I can't find it and we need to find it and they're still scoring. Anyway, and then there's, the team is starting to crumble and then there's the moment, which if you've studied the history of this great event of the 1986 World Cup, is a pretty defining moment in, in the Aussie team's history. Okay. Where the Irish coach, being an absolute utter prick, played by Littlefinger, whose name I don't know, starts to pick on Whippet, who's kind of freaking out because he can't find the snitch. And in one moment, he's like, you know, it's pretty surprising to see him out there. He's too dark for a seaker. Oh, he's just like, Phew. leave him alone. 
What's that all about? It's like, yeah, you know, it's a good thing we're playing in daylight because if it was night time, we wouldn't see him. Oh. And they just keep coming. And Whippet's getting kind of agitated. And that's it. That's the match that the team needed was don't go picking on our little seeker who didn't even want to be here in the first place <laughs> and is actually really fucking good. Yeah. And the Keys family and Solomon Strange go ballistic. <laughs> so they just start smashing people. So the Irish keep scoring because Solomon's come away from the goal. <laughs> and he's just like tackling with the Irish players and just dropping them everywhere. Yeah. And then there it is. Bang. The snitch. And Whippet's like, oh, great. We can, I can win the game. And he just takes off after it. And as Mars sees him, he's like, great, we're going to win the game. And then he looks at the score it's and he realises, oh, fuck. We're still, we're still too far behind. If he catches the snitch, they'll still win. We have to get a goal before he gets the snitch. But I can't communicate him because he's in his like zone and he's chasing after it. So Mars realizes I've got to score a goal by myself because the rest of the team are fighting <laughs> before Whippet catches the snitch. So in this like hail mary ridiculous pass, he grabs the ball and as he just lobs it from wherever <laughs> he is, as Whippet is racing towards um, the snitch. Now. I should say at this point, each of the matches are intercut with like the local pub in the hometown <laughs> watching the game. And the crowd builds each game and there's more and more stuff. And Milton Mars is always in the pub, but he's never watching the sport. He's just sitting there like drinking his beer, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> anyway, he's just it just cuts to them and he's just turned around at this moment when Mars has gone for this ridiculous shot to try to get the ball in so that, you know, it, it gets caught and th- they save the snitch. So it's spiralling in and basically you have like, a, like a, a shot where it's like cut in half and one half is the ball going towards the goal and the yeah. other half is Whippet going for the snitch. And just as Whippet's fingers close around the snitch, the ball sails through, they get one point up, bang, they win by a point. They beat Ireland. <laughs> They're through to the qualifying final. They're one game away yep. from playing in the World Cup Championship. They go ballistic. Australia goes, the country of Australia goes ballistic. Um, the commentators go off their tray. This is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> you know, like it's just yeah. nuts. And when they land on the ground, the Irish coach is still being a bit of a prick about it. And so, you know, Whippet turns around. Now, Vitoli's thing is, um, his, I think one of his catchphrases that he says in the poster, which is why Mars wants to be a seeker, is because Vitoli was big, not built like a seeker, and was like, no, anyone can be a seeker. That's his kind of quote. So as they're walking back, Whippet just turns around to the Irish coach, and does the whole Vitoli thing. and just like, hey, mate, anyone can be a seeker, eh? Like, I don't know who Brent Vitoli was three weeks ago, but now I do. <laughs> and uh, the team embrace, uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. At the pub, it's gone nuts. And you just see Milton Mars sitting back in his chair and he's watched the last five minutes and he's kind of like, oh, that was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know you'd like that. It's a oh, distant father. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we now have a moment of um, Mars and Melanie bonding again. Maybe they kiss it and it's like if Broughton sees you. Like, Commander Cooper comes up. He's like, two things. One, come with us. Two, has Broughton seen you doing that? Because, fuck, we need you to captain this team in the next game <laughs> with all of your teeth and eyelids intact. Anyway, they go, they go back to the thing that he wants to show them and there's a news broadcast showing the country town at the pub and they're panning across the crowd. Now, at this point... Uh, Mars has affectionately been given the title of Hugo the Martian Mars because he's this great team leader and everyone's kind of, he's a bit out there because they're Australian, they're from far away, it's the Martians, you know. 
Probably given to them by, by Bowler and Sticks, the commentary team. <laughs> yeah. That's like something they do. So at the pub, all these people are going nuts and they pan across to Rachel Griffiths and Eric Banner. Yeah. And they're going nuts. You know, right? Oh, we're so proud of him. He's fantastic. And his dad has like magic alien antenna on his own head. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm with the Martian. Yeah. And he goes like, oh, my dad loves me. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Anyway, it's great. So the next day, it's the day before the final and Racket's actually sober. Well, as, as sober as he gets, he's only had three drinks before 9 a.m. Um, so they're, they're working out what their strategy is. Their opponent is the home side, the Danes. They're the second best team in the world. They are cool, controlled under pressure, calm. They're not assholes. They just are unflappable. They're the masters of the game. And they are coached by the greatest Danish keeper in Quidditch history, Adelaide Dusk, composed, yeah. controlled, played by Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> you knew that's what I was going for. I had to put him in. I had to put him in, and he's in. It's a great name. Um, thanks. I've had so much fun with these names. Like, man. the name is such a name is the best part of writing. Well, and especially for, like, I was like, oh, I can't have the names too outlandish. I'm like, no, I fucking yeah, can. can. Yeah. yeah. This bloke in the book's called Quinius Quirrell. I mean, Horus <laughs> or whatever his name was. His first name was anyway. So, their composure is their greatest weapon, and and so. They're trying to make it what they're going to do. And Racket goes, look, they're, they're, they're cool and frosty. The only way you're going to beat them is by being unflappable. Now, the entire time I've coached you guys, I've coached you to work as a unit, as a team, not this weird explosion of bogans who happen to be good at Quidditch. It's like, that's not what you're going to do for the final tomorrow. You'll play as a team, but you will be this weird explosion of bogans. Because if we're going to upset these guys, we've got to unsettle them. We've got to get under their skin just be weird. Be exactly who you guys all are. And so Mars has an idea. It's like, I've got, I've got a plan. All right, crowd is huge. Day of the game, going nuts. People are loving it. Teams are ready. Even Vitoli is in the crowd wearing Australian colours. This is amazing. He's a little bit older now. They bring them out. They do the, uh, the national anthems, Danish national anthem, Australian national anthem, which is they've got one bloke singing it because, cool. you know. Anyway, just as the Danish crowd, you know, as well, put their arms around another to have their little moment of thing, Solomon steps forward. It's like, oh, he's done this every game so far. We've seen him at some point doing the hucker by himself to the opposition <laughs> team. And he, go, he, starts, he does his big war cry, and then all of the Australians turn around and they join him. And they yeah. start doing this hucker this far away from the Danes. We're like, what the fuck is this? This is not Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen's yeah. like, oh, I don't know what this is. Oh, my eye's bleeding. I'm going to go play poker. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they, they, they kind of, they don't completely overflatten them, but they, they get them a little bit yeah. riled up because they're all on their faces and the game starts. And the Australians look good. Look, the Danes are sensational, but the Aussies are right with them. And just by being a little bit unsociable, a little bit ridiculous, they're staying in touch. They're jostling the players and they're starting to get under the skins of the, the cool, calm and collected Danes. Strange is being absurd. Every time he hits a ball, he's like screaming things at the opposition <laughs> and like just... Being out of control, the keys guys are like throwing clubs between one another to hit bludges and just unsettling everybody. Just weird stuff. Lexi scores a goal, or just before she scores a goal, leans over, grabs a dame, pashes him, and then scores a goal because he's confusion. And it's like this isn't, you know, the commentators are loving it, but people in the crowd's like, this isn't Quidditch. You know, they're bringing the game into dis. Racket or Garrett, of course, you know. And then as it's going on, it's quite close, and then the snitch appears, and the crowd just goes nuts, and it's just. 
bang, in the middle of the pitch. And Whippet's circling one end, and the Danish Seekers at the other end, and they both spot at the same time from opposite ends of the ground. And they both turn around and just bang, straight, as fast as they can towards one another. So at this point, everyone's just kind of stopped doing what they're doing and watching this epic game of chicken between these two seekers for this snitch that's just like chilling. Um, that's another answer I just want to do. What, what's it like being a snitch? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? Um, and it's, it's sort of one of those things against coming back to the pub and the pub is full and everyone's going bananas and they're like just da 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 They get to the last second and then they both turn away from one another and like there's a scrape of wood on wood and like sparks and splinters fly over it. Like mm. they, they crash into one another. Yeah. And then they both crash into the ground. And everyone's like, shit, what's happening? What's happening? And then the Danish man stands up. He's caught the snitch. Oh, <sighs> the Australians are out. They've lost the penultimate game before the, before the final moment. Fuck you, Tom. They're heartbroken. <laughs> the Danes go wild and the Aussies are crushed, but Mars runs over to whip it and he's like, it's okay, mate. You, it's, you, know, you did the best you could. And Adelaide Dusk, who is this reserved concrete man, <laughs> walks over to Hugo Mars and shakes his hand and says, congratulations, that was some game of Quidditch. <laughs> it's like, oh, we've earned respect. We didn't win, but we've earned respect. And then at that point, because I love me, a bit of a corny moment in the crowd, there's a cry from the crowd, and Vertoli stands up and starts an Aussie chant. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and the whole crowd join in. Oh, so beautiful. the whole the whole of this Quidditch you know stadium join in and are cheering them. And the Australians they didn't win, but they kind of stand there and thank you, thank you so much. We're really good. And and someone's like, you know, make a speech. And Mars is like, all right, and he makes a speech and he says, you know, thank you so much for having us. We've we've enjoyed being here. It's it's been great. This is excellent competition. All of that. And he's just about to finish. He says, and just to remind you all, we are the boomerangs. And we will be back. Oh. And then it freeze frames on that. And we get... What happened to them after? It's not in <laughs> So with superimposed credits, it says, the boomerangs have now since become a staple team of, uh, within, the Australia, within the World Cup competition. Yep. Uh, famous for their ridiculous larrikin antics. They competed for many years until finally breaking their drought, winning the 2002... World Cup Championship held in Sweden. So they finally got there. Woo! Then it does, you know, each of the individual players. Yep. So it's yep. like Hugo, the Martian Mars, hmm. uh, went on to captain the Brewerangs to another three World Cups. He just missed out on the 2002 one. He wasn't captaining them, but he was the coach hey. of the 2002 uh-huh. winning team. Uh, he was also instrumental in setting up the Pan Pacific League for all the teams in that area who just don't have the ability to compete in the European competition. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Healy played for two more World Cups before he retired and started an academy training young kids on how to be Quidditch players. Uh, Lexi played for four more World Cups and was voted most valuable player in the cup that they won in, two, in the final game they won in 2002. Cool. Uh, she's now the coach of the Australian Pacific League team. Uh, Broughton Keys, he only played one more year uh, and is now a mentor for Australian beaters. He's taken up medication. It hasn't helped at all. <laughs> uh, Melanie Keys captained the team after her now husband retired and was the captain when they won in 2002. Cool. Uh, she's now on the board of selections uh, at the World Cup team for Australia, so she helps pick the team. So she's basically taking August Sneed's job. Cool. Someone um, had to. <laughs> Solomon Strange played a couple more games for the Boomerangs before disappearing for three years. No one knows where he went, but he came back and then started the first All Blacks Quidditch team in New Zealand, <laughs> <laughs> of course. in which every member of the team had to wear a green and gold headband. Aww. Aww. Oh. Racket never coached again. Uh, he handed the reins over to Vitoli in 88. Hey. Uh, 
but he got the redemption that he was waiting for, so he nice. was happy. Rippet Wylong also never played again. He retired after 86 season. He claims that he was never really a seeker, just Whippet Wylong, and occasionally, if you, you know, go and check him out, he will still show you some of those ridiculous tricks, like being able to drop a broom 100 metres vertical and then ride it again. And uh, it uh, just ends with a photo of the actual team, not the actors that played them superimposed Ooh. on the screen. How did they find that rare? (laughs) The likenesses are uncanny, Sean. Uncanny. Uh, And thus ends the greatest true sporting story in Wizarding History. Two tickets, please. Oh, my gosh. Um, What a ride. The dad. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) When he had the Martian ears on. Yep. Loved it. Cried internally. (laughs) I think it needed to be near the end. The last game? Yeah, because you go to him and he's watching like his son and he kind of turns around, he's having his beer and he's like, hmm, I guess that was all right. And then like straight away you're kind of cutting to him being really into it. True. I mm-hmm. want that after, after they finish the game. I don't want the son to go into that last game knowing, oh, but he should be. He should be present. Yeah, he like, needs to be there and then, like, the and then he sees him mm. with the Martian ears. And, cause that's, I yeah. thought you were going to do the in-call runnings. They had the dad pull the... He's wearing the Jamaica shirt. Yeah, yeah. Eddie the Eagle, the dad's wearing I'm Eddie's dad. All right, that's what I'll do. I then, thought yeah. you were going to do a T-shirt, but the Martian is fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But it needs to be, I think, at the end. All right. Yeah. Or before the game's the final starts. He sees it on a TV screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or after the final. Or after. I don't know. Have just just in not crowd. in that first moment yeah. where you see him Probably. kind of cooling a little well, bit. I think, Wait, I think after- maybe you could have him cooling a little bit in the montage where you see them beat the other three teams. Yeah, something like that. Well, it would be after the finals because like, if him and his dad, the whole thing is his dad thinks that he's a loser, he's never amounting to anything, he's a failure, and then he loses Losers. the finals, looks over, but his dad is still like cheering him on yeah, and nah. super proud. But I think, it's, I think it's a bit of a thing like the dad never really thinks he's a loser. He just wants like – he just doesn't think that Quidditch is going to be like – a living Good for him in yeah, life. Yeah. He just wants him to be, yeah. I think I was really harsh and I was like, you're you a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's, it's when the dad just... said that he was garbage that we all kind of went, mm. <laughs> No, <laughs> Milton Mars <laughs> just does, thinks Quidditch is trivial, frivolous and a waste of time. In the same way that he only uses like magic, like real practical stuff. I love yeah. that. That's so great. he doesn't he, he doesn't use a lot of flamboyant spells because they're, yeah. they're just stupid. <laughs> if no one's looking, he just does a little Alohomora and he's like, all right. That's it. Do you know what? Probably the only thing he would do would be a Lumos on a dark night, and yeah. that would be about it. And that's if his head torch runs out of batteries. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> He's very much just, yeah, magic, just you use it, but you don't yeah. rely on it. The only other thing um, that stuck out for me was I don't think you hit the coach hard enough with what a piece of shit he was. Yeah, he yeah. has that moment in the room or whatever when he's talking to Mars when he's kind of like, he, he tells him the truth of what happened. And he doesn't really seem like he knows that he did the wrong thing. Oh no, he definitely does. Yeah, I just I think why we need did to hit he that a little what, bit more? Yeah, was like it just Mars, was just, Mars never actually went one step further and went, okay, you've explained. Why did you fucking do it though? Like, yeah, right. that's a really bad thing to do. So it could be he just is like, why? Before he asks him, then why'd you come back to us? He can be like, yeah. why did you do that in the first place? Yeah. And it, it it's simple as in that I just wanted it to be it was for money. Yeah, the Soviets were going to pay him a shit. Because what's the thing like? Um, to talk back to cool runnings, what's the thing? I think the captain of the Jamaican team says to him, why'd you do it? And John Candy just looks at him for a second and says, because I had to win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just this nice character. Yeah, I just I want you to hit him a little bit harder with that because he's it's a piece of shit. It's a dog move that he did. Yeah. And I think we let him off the hook a little bit. Too yeah, does he deserve redemption? Yeah. He gave him that redemption at the end. I'm like, oh, you need to work a little bit harder for it, mate. So he needs to, he needs to have a reason. So if yeah. it was purely financial and he realised, so because what I was, I kind of didn't explain. And I skipped a paragraph. Is that he's like, well, why did why did you do? Why did you come to Australia? And it was he wasn't even sent to Australia. He exiled himself. Yeah, he was like, I don't deserve to come back to Quidditch. 
yeah. because I've done the wrong thing. And yep. maybe that's why he's reluctant to join them at the start, is he's a bit more like, yep. I like no, that. you don't want me on your team. I'm, I don't deserve to coach anymore. Yep. That's good. All right. Sold. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Sean. Now I'll take three tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Just and see it three times on three yeah. separate nights. Yeah. <laughs> why, uh, why Denmark is the final and not Ireland? Uh, well, because I, I, wanted, I wanted them to beat Ireland. And yeah, I didn't okay. want them to win. Ooh, yeah, okay. So they lose to Denmark. Who, so they don't even make it to the, the grand final. They lose, like, the round before the big final. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Which which I thought was okay. I thought them winning their three group matches was... They could have lost the first one. Yeah, they need to... But uh, then you'd have to yeah. show them winning Need to rally. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. whether it's... They kind of... Yeah, I think the point you're sort of at is when you have win, a team lose, thing, win. you want them to fuck up first and then they come together, regroup and do it well. Well, that's, that was my thing with the, the South Africa team is they're getting absolutely annihilated and they only yeah. just get over the line in that game. Yeah. Um, and they're still kind of higgledy-piggledy for a bit of it. Yeah. Um, they should fluke that South African game. Yeah. Kind it, of like how Harry catches the snitch in his yeah. mouth kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, it's... it's Whip it doing something yeah. that you just cannot. Yeah, teach. it kind of works like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only the only thing I didn't have them possibly losing one because I was going to have them maybe losing a group match, but then I've got to show two. I've got to show the one they lose and the one they win. Yeah. And I needed them to have a win. Yeah. Yeah. To show that they're actually developing better as a team. Just add another match. All right. Stick it in the montage. Stick it in the montage. Yeah. Sports movies get away with a lot. Sports True. movie. Give me some sports. Stitched in the montage, they win one and they lose one. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Too easy. Which is yeah, why they, 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 that's I how they ended up on the same draw as Ireland. And then on an international scale, they look like just a shambles of a team. So they lose yeah. the Italian game. Maybe not the Italian one because that's kind of nice. I would nice save the Italians. Italy. I would switch them out with the uh, with the Danes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But then I kind of don't want them to lose the, to the Italians because they were the guys at the start who yeah. said you'll, you'll never be. Well, so that's what enough. I thought. So how about if they you show two of the Group 1 matches? They lose the first one to Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because Japan would be pretty disciplined, I'd imagine. It's probably better. They yeah. played Belarus, they beat Belarus, and then they've got to beat Italy to make the final. And they beat Italy. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. then they beat Ireland, and then they lose to the Danes. Okay. Cool. Why'd you go with Danes? Yeah. Well, just because I wanted a country that it was setting in a Scandinavian. <laughs> Maybe. I kind of wouldn't mind to have the Danes, like, if they're seeker. Uh, who did you cast him on that? No. Maybe that's, like, a bigger role as well, possibly. Yeah, I think... Put Fassbender in there or something. Put someone who's like really experienced and awesome against Whippet, who's kind of got limited experience. Yeah, definitely. And then um, will show respect at the end or something. Yeah, they, they shake hands and because I think I, I wanted the Danes because I feel like they'd also be respectful. Yeah, mm. like you know, oh, you you did well. You a bit like the um, make it Iceland, Iceland. Oh, but no, so I don't want I don't want it in the snow because then it's a gag about how it's cold and I live in Australia. So that's why I went with Denmark, where it could be kind of temperate. Um, <laughs> they should beat. No, the play, no. Tell you who beats them in the fall. Jamaica. <laughs> the Jamaican Quidditch team. Jamaican Quidditch team. Well, funnily enough, because um, well, I, I kind of want that moment of respect. I felt like a Scandinavian team would do it. A bit like the Finnish, uh, the, is he from Finland or Swedish? The Swede kid in Eddie the Eagle who tells him that we're he's the same. Finnish. Yeah. Even yeah. though he is the greatest one of yep. all time and he's here, but he's yep. like, no, we're the same. Yeah. Like that's that we do this because we love it, not because we're trying to win. Yep. We do it because we like to fly. Yeah. Like that's, I think, the Danes is they, they appreciate being able to play a team that just being playing Quidditch. Yep. You know, and it's you know it's a kind of a nice move as well. But it's like, ah, oh, you are very good. I'm like the greatest player of all time. Yep. You're very good. Yeah. Uh, I was originally going to have a British team in there, but that was just seemed like it would be too obvious to make the British. That'd be the obvious move to make them mm. the final game or something, yeah. I suppose. And maybe maybe they did. Maybe they won the World Cup that year, but they're on the other side of the draw, so they just yeah. It's a good met. point, actually. You just don't really interact with. Them. Well, as we know from history, they did. Yeah. 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 Correct. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They, <laughs> yeah. they won. Um, 
In 86. Yeah. Slipped your mind. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I, I did so much research too, so I... um. You read about it in Quidditch. And, see, originally too, Solomon Strange with Ben Mendelsohn, and I was like, yeah. oh, I want to, and I said to you, I'm like, can I have a New Zealander in my team? And you're like, yeah. New Zealander's great. Yeah. Well, how's that work though? If he's, is, aren't they playing for the Australian national team? Don't you know? No, but remember too? how Italy came and they were recruiting? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think a bit like you how, normally like, have to have the citizenship. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, you just buy players. That's fine. I feel like I feel like in this you could buy players, or they just give you it's citizenship. A little bit corrupt. <clears throat> yeah. Like FIFA. Oh no, and, and and that's the thing is the whole thing about yeah. him when he does that big I am Indio Montoya, you killed my father. Because yeah. he's like, you know, my mum was from Queenstown and my dad was from oh, Queensland. Okay. So he's yeah. actually he's he's half technically Australian. half Australian. Yeah. But he identifies as full key. Absolutely. I did question him coming up with the name. No, that's I could just no. Because no, it was a be- no, it was a cr- no, no, was no, no, awesome. No, no, no. no but Carney, I just figure you're off your fucking no, tree. I figure he would be the one like when like oh, what do we call ourselves? And he'd just be throwing up like a bunch of like native New Zealand. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think he would be. I think I think he'd yeah, have the first that. Time. And then when he comes, and when he comes with the boomerang, yeah. yeah. He'd be um, like, "We're the Kiwis." What? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> to Atara. What's got an eye on its head? It's a three-eyed lizard. It's got eyes here and an eye on top of its head, and it actually exists. It's a real animal. Yeah, cool. Um... What about a, you know, like a flying V moment? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Could you, like, because I feel like you should have had I a move that was called the boomerang. About Ducks. Do you know you what? You need a move that was a boomerang. Move called the boomerang. That can, be, yeah. that can be the move that Cooper and Mars use on the South Africans, maybe, Ooh. to get the first goal, where they yeah. loop around, like. Just, like, chuck each other or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So know, he's, yeah. like, he's, like, gets. He gets. He, they fly in on one another on like a slipstream, like, and then he snaps him around, and he comes around, gets the quaffle, comes back around, and throws it through. Yeah, it's so good. That's pretty cool, as, right? As we and know from the uh, from the game, that's, that's what they did. That's the what they game. did. Um, Each team does have its I own like special move. Make it Russell well, Crowe cool. having to throw his daughter or something. Oh, I'm gonna throw my fucking daughter. You have to. You have, oh, for fuck's sake! Like you grab yeah. the broom and then just like. Yeah. You know that'd be it. So they they throw Melanie, and she knocks. Yeah. The quaffle back towards them, and then they. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, too. No, but she. Can, it, it can, I don't think it can be Melanie because she can't actually touch the quaffle. It, yeah. yeah, it's I probably think one the of the scoring chances. system was fucked because you scored ten points. Yeah, but you had them win a game by one point. Well, by they one by score. Ten <laughs> by, by, by ten. By points. one goal. So yeah. it was a draw, and they got yeah. the ten. Yeah, cool. I would love like a little scene where uh, Rusty scores a goal, and then like doesn't <laughs> count. And Ross is like, what are you fucking me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, that'd be the end of the game where they're just no good at the start of South Africa. Like, I can just imagine. Goal, like, like, you can't touch the quaffle. Penalty. <laughs> <laughs> like, like South Africa gets so many points in the game just from Rusty attacking people. Yep. It's penalty after penalty. Like, I can imagine him just, like, hopping off his broom, getting into the stands and fighting the crowd. <laughs> well, that's what I had in the... That they, he, he does that when the, the Irish guys start picking yeah, he was with fighting it. the crowd. He's yeah. just like, what? Gets off his broom, and, and that's why Mars is the only one left playing. <laughs> you could do like, even better that he can hear, he can hear um, the shitty coach played by Littlefinger yelling racist up. He'd be like, no, 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 having that. Flies down to the pitch, hops off his broom, just sort of chases him. <laughs> <laughs> Come back here! Come back here! <laughs> You're fucked, mate. You're fucked. You're fucked. Um, I adore the Keys family. I think another good Australian thing you could have when he does that uh, big throw to get the, that last yeah. 10 points. What he should do is punt it. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He just goes bang and it's like, what is he doing? And it curves. <laughs> just like a torp. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Or he does a rugby pass. Yeah. So it like spirals. Ah, kicks so up curves. Nah. Yeah, kick. Absolutely a kick. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's good. Does oh, he yeah. kick it from the ground? Like has he been knocked off his broom? He jumps off his broom and in oh, mid-air. Yeah. 
kicks it. <laughs> he, he runs to the tip of the end of his broom and does like a bicycle kick. <laughs> he quickly he quickly flies down Maybe that's to the, the ground. boomerang. Is the that's kick the where, where yeah. he kicks it and it loops around like and then comes back through the other side of the. Yeah, good. He quickly does. Uh, what is that old? What's the guy that used to play for Essendon? Matthew someone. Here he Matthew goes, Lloyd. Plus, he goes down to the grass. grass. Picks up the grass. <laughs> Tosses it in the air. It would do nothing because oh. you're flying through the air. Oh. But he can definitely do a bit of that. Yeah, no, oh, I think God. there needs to be a move called the boomerang, and, and that's maybe where they. So that, it must be that bit where they get their first goal, where they. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's where they come up with and That's where they call themselves the boomerang. Oh, no, I, I adore this movie. I adore sports movies. I adore Harry Potter. This film is just the absolute greatest it's thing I've ever heard of. I feel like we have the CGI budget to make it. Is there is no Potter price film? too high. It's not made by Australians. It's, it's going to be made by it's true. It. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Jack Allen will fund it herself. Oh, yeah, Russell yeah. Crowe will fund it. He owns the Rabbitohs, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Rusty, fund our film, mate. I had a dream a few months ago where Rusty was running for president of the US. <laughs> like, his whole, his whole like, contention was, you know, uh, managing a rugby team is no different to managing a country. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was pretty good. Everyone was really liking yeah. him. Everyone was happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the, the the Quidditch film that everybody should be having. So, well, the upstarts, right? The upstarts. The upstarts. Upstarts. Yeah. So oh no, just upstarts. Because I think someone, maybe a commentator, calls them upstarts, or the South Africans call them upstarts, or. Just they get called oh, these upstarts the from Australia. What about the boomerangs? Well, I thought that, but I wanted the name of the team to be a bit of a secret. Oh, oh the rat bags. Because yeah. nice they're a bunch of rat bags. Rat bags. You rat no. bags, get back here. You've no, you've hit the ground running for this Harry Potter month. Oh, flying. Oh, yes. Well, on that note, uh, I've been Tom. I've been Elise. I've been Sean. And I've also been Tom. Um, if you liked this Quidditch pitch and you want to participate in the Australian Quidditch World Cup, but if you've got any you know, further details about the history of the team that I've missed out, um, you can contact us at sanspantsradio at gmail.com or you can tweet us at sanspantsradio or me personally at Awkward Treat. Find me on Twitter at AT Elise. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. And I am at Tom Edgus. But I might change that to at Aussie Boomerangs because I'm just impassioned. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com.